really like her because she acts so grown up with her perfume and her cell phone and... Oh, and get this, Mom. She drinks iced tea. Lisa, I can't imagine anyone being more likable than you. But apparently this new girl is. So my advice would be to start copying her in every way. But, Dad... Uh-uh, think. Is that what Alex would say? Welcome to the Haven Exchange Podcast number 60. We have a Rickless episode for you this week. Can Sage and I handle the pressure? Oh yeah, totally. Not a problem. This week we are talking about the lemming effect, or more commonly viewed as jumping on the bandwagon. Keep on listening as Sage and myself dive deep into the idea of jumping on the bandwagon, along with mass hysteria and body wash yes body wash but first if you're enjoying the show each week give us a review or rating on your favorite podcast app or even tell a friend to check out the show it helps us out and as always if you would like to directly support the show head over to patreon.com slash haven exchange and subscribe to the show there for just one dollar a month and gain access to all kinds of bonus perks all right it's time to blindly follow me into the greatest episode ever. This is Haven Exchange number 60, The Bandwagon Effect. Awkward silence. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, are you ready for the best podcast ever? Because for the first time, we don't have Rick. He is what? out. He is out with a severe anus injury. <laughs> what doctor, did you doctor said he should be okay, but told him to just lay off the bananas. Nah, I thought it was his new upgraded bidet he got. Mm, yeah, That's he, what I, I thought. I told him he didn't need the turbo. <laughs> he got the wish.com <laughs> on the low. I'm like, dude, when your bidet has to rev up, it's a bad thing. He just it, it, it runs on diesel. <laughs> it runs on diesel. <laughs> <laughs> so no Rick but, today. Holy yeah. shit, this is gonna be the best episode ever. Yeah, no Ome or uh Oh, huh? uh, uh, I'll be honest, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be real with y'all. I was looking at my phone, or or DSB edit that out. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Be an actual conversation of intellects. Do we even have to pay DSB on this episode? Like this can just not even be edited. Like it's it gonna prob- be perfect. Probably won't need to be edited. Yeah. Well, welcome yeah. to the Haven Exchange podcast <laughs> with the best hosts of the show, Genesis, and with me, not Rick. I'm 11. 11. Uh, Stranger Things. Yep, I'm 11. Stranger Things is fire. It's so good. There's a lot of good shows out right now. So we got Stranger Things. Did you watch Obi-Wan? Yeah, I watched that last week. That was, those first two episodes were pretty fire. That's pretty good. That's Dude, pretty I read good. an article today 
I think some insider post, I forget which state or whatever it was. Uh, oh, UK insider. That's what it was. And they were like, oh, Stranger Things is good, but I really wish that they would nail the 80s nostalgia a little bit better. And then you look at the author, some 25-year-old who wasn't even fucking alive. <laughs> I'm like, shut the fuck up, dude. I'm like, get out of here. <laughs> I think they have nailed it. Although you felt it in the first season a lot. I think in this season, you see it in some different ways. Uh, well, but you're not seeing the colors and stuff because they're in California, I think. Yeah, they're going back and forth. So this mm-hmm. one is more darker, I guess mm-hmm. you could say. Yeah. But the last season, when in, that uh, was in 85. That season was colorful as fuck everywhere you look. Yeah, the mall, right? They were in that brought well, I mean, I mean, I didn't really grow up in the eighties. The malls were see, I was thinking about that too, but malls were still semi relevant most of our childhood. They didn't really start to go away until two thousand two ish. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, another topic that we've been wanting to do is the rise and fall of malls. <laughs> Some are still hanging on. There. Mm-hmm. How? I don't know when Amazon is a thing. Well, I mean, you can say the same for any brick and mortar retail outlet, right? I mean, yes and no. Well, no. Yeah. Yeah, you can. You can. Except for like hardware materials and shit like that. Nobody's waiting three or four days for like a wrench. That are like clothing doesn't seem to really, at least for me, buying clothing online is still troublesome. Yeah, because, you know, size charts differ. Mm-hmm. Like I only really buy clothing online is if, and when they have a size chart, they actually have it broken down in like inches. So then I can take like a ruler or whatever and, and really do a real measurement on myself. I should probably do that. <laughs> I just kind of like imagine what I know to be inches and it helps in some ways if you know what I mean. Nah, dude. Not in others. I always do that just because I don't want to run the risk of getting some of this. I, I did that one time, one time only. This dope ass hoodie I ordered. It was a uh, large, but I didn't know it was Chinese large. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which is like a schmedium over here. <laughs> yeah. And it sucks too, because a lot of those like hoodies and shirts that I see, they have these dope ass prints. And then when you get them in, then it's like, who is this for? Yeah. Who is this for? It's certainly not me. It was so Even mad. Dude. dude, and it took like fucking two months to get here. And when I got here, I couldn't, couldn't oh. wear the motherfucker. Couldn't <laughs> <laughs> Oh, speaking of which, I have an update on some new purchases that we talked about on the previous episodes, and I've got some good news and bad news, okay? So the first thing that I bought that came out of an episode that we recorded was the automatic toothpaste dispenser. Life-changing. Nope, it's fucking terrible. Whatever one that I got is just terrible. <laughs> And I, I just threw it away today. You threw it away? I threw it away. <laughs> so one, I had two types of toothpaste, right? It didn't even fit either one of those. And then the one at least I could see because it's not in a standard size one. The other one was totally the size of like a normal toothpaste tube. Didn't fit it. And I could like force it in there and then stick my toothbrush in the little sensor. And then it just got fucking goobly goggled up inside the little hole and i tried to make it work kept it there for like a week and now i just threw it away because i'm just i must see if i can find the one that i use because yes please no issues because <laughs> i went for the one that was moderately priced had decent reviews although i didn't read the reviews and if i did i would have read the things i ran into 
but it was like 30 bucks, which seemed to be in like the mid-level range of pricing. It was stylish. It was automatic. You know, you need to be stylish for it. So, you know, go with the decor in the bathroom. Who's people walking in? Yeah, that's my toothpaste dispenser. <laughs> you don't want to just look like nice, a fucking right? nice. a shitty bathroom. You know, you want to look cool and modern and sleek and match the rest of the decor. Oh, my God. What do you have? Just like shit thrown about? No rhyme or I go, reason? I go for function. Mm. <laughs> function I mean, over style. Too. Function over style. When For things like that, I don't really care. Somebody come in my bathroom and judge that. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't ask you to come in here. <laughs> the only reason that Spencer stayed so long is because of the style. Definitely not the function. I wasn't using it, even though it was just sitting there. And then I finally just decided to throw it away. However, the second thing, though, this is a big one. This is a this one's a big game changer. Okay, I bought a loofah and some body wash. Oh my god! Welcome to the twenty first century. <laughs> <laughs> Say goodbye to the bar soap because I smell good right now. That's what I'm, I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and loofahs aren't expensive. You just replace them every thirty days, and you can tell when it's time to get a new one. Because they start to like unravel and get way looser than they because you know how you get it super tight at first. Yeah. Yeah. They start to unravel and get super loose and just let you know, like, oh, it's time to get another one. Well, the Go one on. I got was like, it's a large, like, sponge looking thing. Oh, like the yellow one? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the, that's the, the real Lufa Lufa. That one's going to get off all your dead skin. Yeah. It felt like it was doing that. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Although it was like, it was kind of weird in certain parts, of, you know, washing my body. I was like, okay, this is a new technique I'm going to have to learn. And, <laughs> and then the other equation to figure out is how much body wash to put in because I definitely put way too much the first time because I was trying to rinse out all the soap and yeah. it was going and going and going and going and going. I was like, okay, I need to reduce this. Yeah, you're never truly going to rinse out all the soap because of the way that they're designed, all those air pockets, they breed more soap. As long as there's a little there and water... If you squeeze it, it's just going to make more soap. Yeah, I, like the first time, well, I put a lot. I, <laughs> I put a lot. <laughs> so I wasted a ton. But it's a learning experience, and it's a great one. I am, I'm actually I'm very happy to have discovered this. Disco- they've only been around for <laughs> 20, 25 years, something like that. <laughs> you know, I'm a smart person, but it's some of the common things in life just over my head. It's just so much easier than using a bar of soap. It just is. <laughs> well, I mean, I got some decent body wash too. Like I didn't get like the, you know, the dollar store, like yeah. the kit that you can get. Surprisingly like, old spice body. Uh, that was body the wash. one. It was actually really good. That was the one I got. Which, which one did you get? It was the smelling one. It was like yeah. this intense scent and exfoliating. I don't remember. But they, they all got different flavors. I mean, like different. Yeah. Flavors. Call it flavors. Fuck it. So, so like the one I got, I think it's like Hulk, Hulk fan or Hulk wolf or something like that. Damn. If you look at the bottle, look at the bottle on the back. It's a picture of a shark taking a bath and some other shit. The bottles always have some funny ass shit on them. Their marketing has gotten really good. That's for sure. Like their commercials. Cause it used to be just like, that was the thing you got like your dad for father's day. Some like yeah. cheap, cheap, Old Spice, but now it's like kind of elevated to this modern thing, and I'm there for it. I'm not I feel like the one I got wasn't like some crazy marketing term on it. 
It's, well, that's kind of all of them, though. I'll have to look again. Because, like, I seen when I was shopping for it, I seen, like, stuff like cedar wood. I was like, I don't want to smell like wood. Well, no. So they got Swagger. You got Fiji. You got Ooh. Timber. You got Relax. You got one for exfoliate. Relax. Captain. The one I've been trying to find that's not in stores, I guess apparently you can only get it online. Night Panther. I want to try that one. Night Panther. <laughs> that just sounds cool. Dude, they got Night Panther. Was this? Bear Glove. Kraken Guard. <laughs> like, I just, feel like I missed out then because I didn't get like one with a cool name. I think it was just a regular it was just a regular one. Yeah, I use Fiji all the time. Fiji smells awesome. Mm. But I definitely want to try fucking Night Panther. I wonder what that smells like. I don't know, but the name has me. (laughs) (laughs) See, you know what that's playing into? Uh, It's playing into a certain, you know, is marketing feeding into our bandwagon desire? I'm not sure. I just know that it works 100% of the time, 50% of the time. Yeah, all right. Well, trying to segue into our <laughs> topic before Rick comes back and said, you guys talked about fucking body wash for 30 minutes without me. You guys need me. Huh? <laughs> Let's be honest. He's not going to listen to this. Yeah, that's true, too. We can say everything we want. He's only going to hear from, like, uh, people he knows in real life that listen to the show. Like, did you hear them roasting the shit out of you in your turbo bidet, diesel-driven turbo bidet? Yeah. Man, that's- them, them dangerous anal injuries. He needs to work. Watch out for them, man. Dangerous anal. That sounds like a cool rap nickname. No, no, it does not. <laughs> it no, it does not. When you said it, it had like a rhythm to it. Dangerous Dude. anal. Man, what are we? Sucks. What are we talking about on this episode? This is one of your topics again. Was this originally my topic? I thought it was. I think somebody had told me to do it. So instead of questioning it, I just fall in line with it. Oh, see what I did there? Yeah, I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah I see what I did. <laughs> You're prone to this uh, effect. <laughs> nice living effect, or for the layman's out there, monkey see, monkey do. Yes, there's that the bandwagon effect. Also, yeah. what is that? Just not thinking for yourself. I mean, just wanting to either not stand out and be, you know, a part of the quote unquote cool crowd. Uh-huh. Or just not being able to think for yourself and be like, oh, so media is telling me this, so I got to do this. Yeah, yeah, there is all of that. Yeah. It's fucking stupid. Like, if people be more original nowadays, it's just hard. Like, TikTok. Look at TikTok is a perfect example. Mm-hmm. Like, you sit there, somebody comes out and does some dance video and it goes viral. Within the hour, you got at least 200 other motherfuckers doing the exact same dance video. Yeah, and they've even coined it like, what's the new trend? What's the TikTok trend? Yeah, it's fucking stupid. Just be original. Now, exposing yourself, how original are you in your day-to-day? Like, you're a very fashionista fella. Fashion is hugely plays into the lemming effect, right? Especially when you're in school. Yeah, but even in school, in school, I didn't really care. I was a kid showing up to school with the fucking silk Dragon Ball Z shirts. Oh, like, I, I didn't, I didn't really give a shit. And so you stood out from the crowd. Yeah, I did what I, I, I do what I want now. Like I don't wear what everybody likes to wear. I wear what 
makes me feel comfortable and looks good on me. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's popular or not. Do you see yourself as a trendsetter then? Are you the, the one that starts these movements? Oh, hell no. <laughs> not even close. Nobody's going in with Dragon Ball Z silk shirts in high school? No, no, no. Hey, it might be popular now. <laughs> Since anime is so huge now. Oh, yeah. But back, but back then, definitely got me some dirty looks. <laughs> <laughs> well, you weren't wearing Jinko jeans and fishnet shirts to. No, uh, I wasn't wearing Jinko jeans. Like I was. I, I did go through a phase where I wore all my football jerseys backwards. That was right. a thing. That was what was in in the early 2000s. I do not remember that. Yeah, yeah. All your football jerseys, you had to wear them backwards. <laughs> That sounds so stupid. <laughs> yeah, looking back, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense at all. But <laughs> so, what do you think is the reason for this? For what? For like, the... why do we fall into wanting to be a part of the group? Because it's scary to be alone. A lot of people don't want to be that person, especially when you're a kid. I mean, yeah. kids are mini Hitlers. <laughs> <laughs> many well it would be hitler's followers wouldn't it no no they're just tiny little hitlers oh just assholes you're saying. yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, i thought you're talking about like just followers versus leaders no like if you're different from what they deem at that point to be quote unquote cool they're gonna give you shit for it mercilessly i feel like that though translates into adulthood because people still just want to fit in they want to be especially now with social media and everything. Yeah. I definitely want to bring social media into the myth because it's a huge proponent of rocketing small beliefs into large groups. I would say, especially with politics, politics probably is one of the biggest negatives that can come from the lemming effect. I would say. I mean, I don't know if I would even blame lemming effect for politics. It's just a bunch of stupid people. Well, hear me out because I think the lemming effect. If we break it down, it's basically you want to fit in to the group. And you said because it's scary. So that means it's safety to be in part of the masses, right? But then- yeah. Well, okay. Maybe I'm looking at it. When you say in politics, are you talking about like politicians or just your regular? Even high, just the highest level you can go with politics and picking a side between Republican and Democratic. I don't, again, I don't think that has anything to do with that. That's all money. That's all it is. Who's going to pay me enough to make sure this vote goes through? Or who, who, who's paying uh, you? Or who already paid you? Right, dude, lobbyists is legal. And that's nothing but a bribe. Nothing but, well, what I'm talking about with politics is the societal conversation about politics on social media and how. Democrats hate Republicans, Republicans hate Democrats, and the ammo they use to fuel their war against each other on social media. I think a lot of that is driven by siloed conversations produced from the lemming effect, which would, yeah, the Fox, the news outlets would certainly play a role into that. Because the thing is, here's here's what the lemming effect, I think, comes from. It's our brains... And we see this in a lot of different aspects of our life, but we like to, our brain likes to find shortcuts. And we see that in like the way we recall memories, everything. Our brain likes to find shortcuts. And the best way to shortcut your belief system is to just, what does the person next to me believe in? 
when you shortcut into that, then you're into these other people. You're in a, a group with other beliefs, whether it's like, oh, we all believe that these are the clothes we should be wearing. This is what's right. This is what's wrong. You already shortcut it into the group. Now what happens, and this is psychologically sound, is that we get reinforced by our beliefs because we're surrounded by those that believe it. So it proves to us that what we say is right because the other person says it's right. So that means, therefore, we should be right. And now we're in a group. We all think this is a right thing to do or say. And it strengthens. It builds these pillars up. And that's what social media is doing, especially. I mean, you're not wrong. But let's go to the politics part. I feel it's more brainwashing than anything. Kind of, yeah. Because like I said, I remember they did that test a couple weeks back now where they had devout Fox News watchers watch CNN for one week. And almost all of them changed their position on how they on on several of the key issues plaguing this country. Yeah. Like you said, I mean, it's what you know. So like if you live in a rural town, whereas maybe 200 people in that whole town, you're all pretty much are going to be on the same page. You're not going to have. 199 Republicans and one Democrat. Yeah, and there has been studies in the same kind of thing that you're describing, but there's like actually been experiments where they'll put a group, I forget, uh, I think it was a French study, but they, they had a group of people come in and they said like, what do you think of the current French president and what do you think about Americans? And so they all like answered how they felt, right? And then they had them like get into groups and like talk about what each of those points and then ask them like how they felt afterwards. And it, what it showed was that you were more likely to have an extreme point of view of your original point of view after being exposed to the conversations in a group setting. So like people that were slightly against Americans became even more against Americans after having discussed the same belief within a group. So we get pushed to an extreme level of our opinions when you're surrounded or talking about the same subject in a group setting, which is fascinating. But do you think that would fall under like mass hysteria? It would. And that is definitely something I wanted to talk about today. Cause I got a bunch of like real world example, mass hysterias that happen. And that's a fucking crazy thing that happens to us as humans. Yeah. How is that possible? It's been happening for years. I mean, look at the whole Salem witch hunt. Yeah. <laughs> like, I have some different opinions about the Salem witch hunt stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is mass hysteria to a degree, right? But what started it? Was it like the kids were getting sick or something? And then they said like some lady did it. And then now everybody like, I, I mean, I wish I had that story up front. I don't know what it was, but I can probably guess it's. Some old white guy was got caught doing something, and instead of taking the blame, he bl- he blamed it on some woman calling her a witch. And because he was a prominent figure in the community, they believed him. And since they're like, oh, if there's one witch, there must be more. So every time this happens, everybody just start playing witch, 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 and becomes a witch hunt. Like Because people don't want to own up and take responsibility for their own shit, especially if they have a scapegoat. Yeah, but if we're able to like experience mass hysteria, that means like something is going on within our brains and our bodies that allows us to get into that mode, right? Or 
maybe this is what the mass hysteria part was. It was something to do with kids, though, I swear. Oh, man, I wish I had looked that up. But I swear it was something to do with little kids and something was going on with them. But then, like, all the kids started experiencing this. And that was the mass hysteria part. And then they blamed it on the women and they called them witches. That They said they were the ones doing it to these kids, even though the kids were experiencing mass hysteria. It's something like that. I, I can't confirm or deny that. But we'll just say I'm right then. <laughs> just say I'm, I, I won't say that at all. <laughs> but I guess you could use that with what's currently going on, like with all this, all the school shootings, and most recently the school shooting. Uh-huh. And it comes up, the topic comes up every time. They're like, oh, well, we need stricter gun control laws, gun control laws. And they're like, oh, well, gun control laws don't work. You need to start having a good guy with a gun. There's been several cases where there's been a good guy with a gun there, and he didn't do shit. Yeah, and (laughs) even with that, too, that's why I feel like this is what I wanted to mention with the politics thing, too, is that when we get into group thought, our brain taking shortcuts, and the evidence, I think, that is what's going on, is that these, these seem to be on, like, things that have deep complexity to them. So, like, politics, diving into what politics is and what what is right for a country, for groups as a whole. Like, there's so much complexity to it. True. We shortcut it to just to see what the other person next to us thinks. And the same thing with this gun reform thing. So, like, people see a vague idea of what they think should be. And then that gets compounded and strengthened by the other views they're seeing. And then it becomes what we just talked about, becoming extreme about it. And so we have these polarizing things where it's either gun reform or no gun reform or gun policy changes, even though the situation is too complex to just be a black or white answer. See, that's the thing, though. It, it very much is a black and white answer. I don't Because if you, if you look around the globe, we're like one of the only countries who still have school shootings. Sure. And then, again, not trying to be super political here, but just looking at it, the state that has the loosest gun control laws, which is Texas, has the most fucking shootings. I mean, it, yes, it doesn't take, it doesn't, it is true. It is a hundred percent true. I thought the proponents for looser gun laws is, was using Texas as an example, that there's less crime, there's less, shooting, all of that. They have so many fucking shootings. The, mm. This last shooting was in Texas. Yeah, but not all of them were. Not all of them. But <laughs> since I forget, I was watching, I was watching Kimmel because Kimmel did a whole like little segment on it. Because mm-hmm. and he was actually in tears, crying about the shit. But he broke it down, and he was like, and "Since the start of 2020, it was a ridiculous amount." Let me see if I can find this number. Hold on. But it is in your belief that we should have stricter gun laws. It should be it like because yeah, there's no reason why somebody who just turned 18 or or below 18 or period somebody period should just be able to sit at home, order AR-15 a bunch of body armor and all this other shit with no background checks and that not put up any red flags to anybody. Yeah. Like somebody should be checking these things out. Like if, if I'm sitting at home and I order an AR or whatever, all this stuff, best believe somebody going to be knocking on my door saying, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to dive too much into this because I feel like this is something that's probably meant for a bigger episode, but yeah, I think 
just to throw my opinion in there real quick, when you start messing with that, that's a slippery slope into losing a lot of other things that might not be intended along with changing some of that. Some of the constitution and shit. Yeah. Well, that's fine. The amendments exist for a reason. Mm-hmm. Like the right to bear arms. Cool. When they came up with that, their gun shot one bullet, maybe every five minutes. Maybe. Well, it was also in combating uh, government overrule of the people. Cool. Cool. Pistols, fine. You should not need a, a automatic weapon as just a regular fucking person. You just don't. You yeah. just don't. <laughs> Would you feel safer having an AR in your home versus a pistol? No, I get a shotgun. Or a shotgun? <laughs> yeah. yeah, shotgun, I ain't even got to aim all that well. <laughs> okay. Like, like well, I ain't going to be able to hear shit for like a week, but. <laughs> <laughs> I've never fired a gun in my life, by the way. Oh, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I get it. They're fun. But <laughs> if people would just stop all the bullshit about the Constitution, just admit, like, we like guns. They're fun. I get it. They are fun. Like, I've, I've shot in automatic weapons. I've shot in shotguns. They're fun. They're fun as fuck. You get a weird sense of power for no goddamn reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I imagine. I have to try it out just to see, just to have a better understanding of what it is, I, I guess. Yeah, by you, there's some, tons of places you can go and just go to, like, a firing range. I'd want to go like extreme, like go to Vegas and like fire rocket launchers and shoot turrets out of a helicopter or whatever. Yeah, that's a lot. Of, that's a lot of money. That's a whole lot of money. <laughs> if you're gonna do it, you go big, right? That's a whole lot of money. Let me drive a tank. I'm I'm waiting for the day somebody just has a tank parked in their fucking front lawn. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> the technology and manufacturing processes probably make it commercial at some point. Like Elon Musk, he made flamethrowers for sale. Hey, you can get flamethrower to clear to um, clear your snow in the winter. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's the most badass way to shovel snow. <laughs> oh you fuck yeah! <laughs> just melt the shit. Yeah, let's go. Before we get away from mass hysteria, though, I might as well just let's talk about some of the ones I pulled up here. Some crazy ones that I found throughout history, and this one right here, uh, the meowing nuns. Are you familiar? <laughs> the what? <laughs> Are you familiar with the head story, the meowing nuns? No, not at all. <laughs> it's uh, it's supposedly one of the oldest known events of mass hysteria. <laughs> the meowing nuns. Yes, you heard that right. So apparently there was these group of nuns and they lived in, this is like the Middle Ages. So they lived like pretty strict in their daily duties. They were isolated away from society. So you could see how maybe they could break into what was going to happen next. <laughs> and uh, apparently one of the nuns just started meowing like a cat. And then somehow that led into all of the nuns to just meow like a cat for several hours every day and it became like a practice and they just all meowed at no point did anybody think to maybe put her down <laughs> like if she was possessed i mean that's like, what i thought like you just start meowing for no goddamn reason like yeah you gotta go <laughs> well that's kind of what ended up happening and and how they st- stopped it <laughs> because people started getting worried about this shit and so they sent soldiers there to basically whip them until that stopped. <laughs> and that's a bit extreme. <laughs> it, worked. it worked. I mean, I would, I would hope so. <laughs> so there's, yeah, the meowing nuns. 
What country was this? Oh shit. I don't know. I don't know where this was. It sounds like some Slovakian shit. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, French. Ah. It was in France. It was in France. The Mia Mia. That's how I meowed. Just every day? Just randomly. For several hours, like they wouldn't stop. And I bet she probably said, Well, God told me to do it. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> that would be a good excuse. I mean, the, the Egyptians worship cats. I mean, cats have very religious historical significance. Yeah, so that's having a cat around and treating a cat, not trying to be a cat. <laughs> it was the very first furry. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> The next one's a little earlier in, uh, or a little later in history. This is uh, in the 60s. Uh, it's the Tanzania laughter epidemic of 1962. A laughing epidemic. A laughing ep- epidemic. And this how, just, how was that? A- okay. This shit sounds crazy. So apparently in uh, <laughs> in some school in Tanzania, these three girls just started uh, laughing. I don't know if they told a joke or something and they just couldn't stop laughing. Uh, But that spread somehow to much of the students there to where they had to shut down the school because uh, they were fainting, had breathing problems, rashes, crying fits. Uh, 95 of the 150 students had been affected not only that it led into the parents of these students who then also had these laughing fits so this got up to like 220 people in the entire village were laughing and then nearby schools this started happening were just uncontrollable laughing fits of laughter Sounds like there was a nitrous leak somewhere. <laughs> Could be, right? That would be a weird explanation for it, right? I mean, it'd be a logical one. <laughs> but a yeah, laughing epidemic? A laughing, yeah. <laughs> I would never have thought to put those two words together. That's what this mass hysteria. Like, what is this shit? What is going on in our brain and our body that, like, evolutionarily speaking, what would be the purpose of this being built into us? I don't know. It's hard to think of like what's the what could be important or gain out of something like that. Survival. How? Like you don't want to go against your tribe. Like you don't want to be the one stand out on your tribe because then that's when they turn against you. So survival kicks in. Yeah, but it's, it's not like, like you know, like when people have gag reflex from somebody else puking next to them. Yeah, that's because back in the caveman days they. If you ate something, you started puking. Like it was important that the rest of the group threw up as well because they could have ate some poisonous that would get them all sick and die. So that's why we have that gag reflex when you see somebody else puking next to you. But like this, I don't know if I see how this is saving lives. It's not well. It is and it isn't because, like I said, it's it's the whole you you need to be a part of your tribe. So like, it's better to just be a. So then, like the lemming effect is kind of good for us. It it has to be something very primal, because in those instances, you don't want to be the standout. Look at the movie The Mist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When yeah, when they were in the fucking thing, 
the lady started talking about Jesus and everybody and got everybody on her side except for those three people. And what did they do? Start murdering them. So like, there is there is some, some truth to being safety in being part of the group, right? Yeah. I get that. And you know, it's I just gotta say it's nice to really have a conversation about a movie without being interrupted by I never seen that. I'm pretty sure he can't even spell the mist. <laughs> <laughs> is it with an I or a Y? I played the game. Oh uh, part of it. I Googled the ending. Dude, when he was texting us all day today saying, Oh, so I'm I'm watching Evil Dead. I'm like, B came out in eighty three. <laughs> you just not watching it, and you, just, and, and you you send us the message like we're supposed to be happy for you. Like this movie's old, old. <laughs> okay, so I got the next one here. This one's 1997. Ooh, this, is the, this is the Pokemon Panic. Wait, there was a Panic? <laughs> yeah, this one is. I gotta look more into this because this sounds nuts. So December 16th, my birthday in '97. There's an episode of Pokemon that aired in Japan. During that episode, one of Pikachu's electric attacks did a series of like flashing lights as it was like lightning and all that. Mm-hmm. So within the episodes airing, over 600 children went into the hospital with symptoms of epilepsy. So like seizures and all that stuff. What happened was <laughs> the news took hold of this situation and then replayed it the sequence that caused even more kids to fall sick to this scene and so they estimate that over 12,000 kids got sick with symptoms of epilepsy to be fair though being epileptic is one of those things you don't know until you know mm-hmm. <laughs> like i'm not i, I guess that's kind of why they have all the warnings now yeah. But yeah, I mean, those could have just been 12,000 kids who just didn't know they were epileptic. Well, so out of the 12,000 kids, it says only a relatively small number of the kids actually had genuine photosensitive epilepsy seizures and that the great majority were victims of mass hysteria. But they all had legit documented seizures? Like they had symptoms of epilepsy so they had seizures uh headaches nausea vomiting like a whole like gamut of things maybe they just didn't want to go to school they want to go and try to catch them all (laughs) but i i think like because the first instance was said over 600 children entered the hospital with seizures so maybe that first group had actual but when the news aired it that's when the the number skyrocketed and they replayed the sequence and then kids I don't know, maybe somehow grasped onto the fact of how widespread it was. That's weird. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. Even as an adult, there are like certain games or movies I watch where they'll start flashing and stuff a lot. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll feel a little bit uncomfortable, but then it passes. But I mean, that's, I think that's just how it is. I think so too, but I also like think that I, I like put it in my head like it's a placebo thing. Like I read it and then like I sometimes feel like I wouldn't have felt this way if I didn't get warned that it was going to happen. I guess I guess I can see that because like uh, what was that? Was it Sonic Unleashed that came with the warning? They pretty much all Sonics do. Oh, I remember this one specifically. They were super worried about it. 
And I was like, eh, I'm not sure if I want to play this. But I think, because, <laughs> I mean, like I said, it's one of those things, like, you don't know until you know. And I don't, I'm not really trying to find out. Right. There's, like, those YouTube videos, too. There's, like, the ones that are, like, how to do lucid dreaming. Like, and then there's, like, fall asleep instantly to this. And, like, I'm not watching either of these because, like, I don't want that to happen without warning. Yeah. But, man, that's that's interesting. I might have to look into that, though. Just to see. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm curious. I'm curious now, like 1,200 cases. Yeah. And I mean, this is, please uh, look further into each of these cases, <laughs> more so than just the headlines of what we're talking about here. Now, could it also be an alert? What, I, what I'm about to say could be construed as slightly racist. <laughs> okay. Fair warning. <laughs> but could it be because Japanese, they have. Smaller, their eyes open smaller than ours, so the light was more focused. I mean, that sounds biologically logical. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> it didn't have the the surface area because our, our eyes are wider. Yeah, so it didn't have the same surface area, so they got more of a concentrated blast of it than let's say we normally would. Right, and like what happened when that episode aired in any other country. Like I, I don't know. I free, it was years later that it came to America, right? Pokemon. Now Pokemon was out here in '97. Oh, okay. No, I, it was '98. I think it was '98, not '97, somewhere around there. Well, there it could also be. Have you ever heard of the hundredth monkey effect? You're just pulling shit out your ass now, but come on. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm not. This is so the hundredth monkey effect is a case that supposedly shows evidence of the collective consciousness and i'm sure you can understand what that means is that we are all collectively connected in our consciousness we are the borg we are the borg (laughs) so the hundredth monkey effect is this study they did on these monkeys in japan as well and funny enough guess what the island that these monkeys lived on was called feel like it's going to be racist so why do you feel like it's um, racist i'm gonna go with the island of dr monroe it's not that um (laughs) totally going a different route but this was the island of kojima (laughs) oh my god (laughs) no bullshit the island of kojima and of course he's not here right now (laughs) right he'd be losing his shit (laughs) (laughs) let's fucking go So what happened here on this island? So there was these monkeys, these scientists were studying. And what they did was, for other reasons, they were throwing them sweet potatoes just to feed them or whatever, doing whatever they're doing. But what they noticed is eventually... Sure, this ain't racist. Sounded more and more racist. (laughs) It's only racist because you're making it racist. It sounded more and more racist, but continue. (laughs) (laughs) So what they did was... They were tossing them these sweet potatoes and other foods and stuff, but they found that this one monkey ended up taking one of the sweet potatoes that it found in the sand, and it took it to the water, and it washed it off in the sand, right? And cleaned it off, cleaned off the sweet potato, and ate it. And then what they noticed is that monkey started teaching all the other monkeys to do that as well. So this group of monkeys all started washing their sweet potatoes in the sand every time they threw them the sweet potatoes. Now, here's where it gets crazy, 
is that they report that they started seeing monkeys not even on this island start doing the same thing out of nowhere washing their sweet potatoes that they were studying somewhere else so they, they, like sense. after a certain point the hundredth monkey is when the clicks to the group consciousness and it's the shared experience that is now through all, all of them yeah no i don't know that makes absolutely no sense <laughs> <laughs> You don't think we have a, a collective consciousness that we could tap into? I mean, okay, maybe we could because our brains are way more developed. Mm-hmm. But a monkey, nine times out of ten, they go based off instinct. I'm pretty sure that the other monkeys on that island only listened to him because he was considered an alpha. So they saw him do something, so then they did it. Yeah, that makes sense there. Monkey see, yeah. monkey do, like he's yeah. talked about. But for it to just start occurring... Yeah, that's the that's the weird that's part. part. That's the weird part. I think somebody in Japan is just lying. Could be that. This took place in the 50s. Some people say that, you know, one of the monkeys swam. But the thing is, these monkeys don't know how to swim. But who knows how the, it could have... The monkey built the boat. The <laughs> monkey built the boat, yeah. <laughs> to teach the other monkeys to wash their food. Yeah, he built the boat. He was like, oh, I was, I was keeping this one in my back pocket. But... This, this knowledge must get out. We somehow missed the whole building of the boat part. And we <laughs> just saw the after effects. Yeah. D- didn't want them to know that they were too smart. Mm-hmm. But wouldn't group consciousness be kind of an explanation for what we're talking about this whole entire episode, though? That would make sense for all the monkeys on the island. Mm-hmm. For the monkeys outside of the island, ah, that makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things that try to debunk this obviously, but it's kind of an interesting thing. If it were to be something plausible and that we just can't study it beyond what we just observe because we don't know what the consciousness is, tune into our conscious. What is consciousness episode? Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't even finish the sentence without doing a plug. Hey, well, you you got to. (laughs) That's that's weird. But there's a... if monkeys can do it, then why can't dolphins? Because dolphins are smart, way smarter than monkeys. Mm-hmm. But who knows what dolphins do? I mean, they in the ocean, and as we know, I'm terrified of the ocean. Apparently, so. Well, isn't there can, something with like the turtles in the ocean? Like they, there's like this the way they travel across the world, like the sea turtles. Yeah, they they, they travel through like currents and shit, right? Yeah, but we don't know how they like know to navigate these things. I think they just follow one person. Like it's, they have a collective conscious. I don't even know conscious would be the word, but mm-hmm. like just like a wolf pack, they follow the leader. Yeah. Where he goes, that's where they go. How now? How the leader found out—that's the interesting part. Well, it would be like that leader was once the baby of a group. Yeah, that but, leader. But where does it start? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It has to start somewhere. <laughs> what turtle was like? You know what? This would be way easier. <laughs> Well, that's evolution right there. It's, that's purely evolution. Somehow, somebody on accident, I mean, that's the only way I could think of on accident, and then that's what takes over, over yeah. time, over time, over time, you know? That makes way more sense than whoever found out that we could drink cow milk. <laughs> right? <laughs> that's purely accidental. That was a sick, sick individual <laughs> who I hope was put in an insane asylum shortly after that. Can you imagine that? He's like, dude, hear me out. Like, what you did? What? 
I don't think it's that far of a leap, though, because you think we yeah. drink milk from another person's titty. So why not try another animal's titty? Why would that be your thought? I mean, that sounds it's rational somewhat now, but to be the first guy to be like, you know what? I want to suck that cow's teeth. <laughs> like, what? I feel like as a child or like, like, say you're the first guy that's like thinking through this, like, okay, my newborn is growing from this milk his mother is producing, but it's only during this period of time. So how can we capitalize and like get some more? Well, let's try this animal over here. <laughs> that's always producing it. No. Nah. And that's the other thing. How did they know they were producing it? Because they don't just do it. You got to go over there and actually, you know, like squeeze the teats and shit. Well, maybe, I don't know. Maybe they were raising cattle nah. for eating first. Nah. Somebody was over there trying to fuck a cow. <laughs> that's what it was. That's That's what it had to be. That's what it had to be. There is no way this dude was not trying to get it on with this cow. <laughs> <laughs> so not only was he fucking the cow, he yeah. also was like, well, let me just suck on your nipple. Yeah. I mean, he couldn't get, couldn't get a regular nipple. He was like, you know what? This is here. You won't There's care. Like, I nipples. Wow. <laughs> it was a disturbed individual. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever milked a cow, Sage? No. I've seen, watched tons of videos on it. Ironically. Yeah, I've never done it. I would like to try it, though. I'm not sure I want to try it. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. <laughs> Would you drink pure cow milk? I don't drink milk now, so I'm going to go with no. Yeah, I'm kind of with you there. <laughs> don't worry. You and I will be like sitting on the little, like the four post wooden stool as we each grab a teat and I like playfully squirt one into your face. And then oh my, you, you, just had, you just made it way weird. Way weird. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's no. <laughs> No, that's not how you envision no, that. No, it's not how I envision that going down even a little bit. Yeah, we have different views of reality. Reality, fiction. I mean, you know. Can you just connect to my consciousness for once and see things the way I do? <laughs> that's a scary, scary place. So no. <laughs> yeah. I could have been the first guy to discover cow milk. I don't know. I'm, you you 100% could have been the first guy to discover cow milk. <laughs> just, just out there down bad one day. <laughs> little Mark the June don't want to give you no more ass, so you're just looking at that cow like, yeah. It's Look like at it that gotta, rump. It gotta, it gotta be good, right? It's gotta be good. <laughs> Back to reality. Well, <laughs> this was reality. This happened. <laughs> this 100% happened. <laughs> so, okay, talking about the group effect a little bit more, and I was trying to think of some things that I do that not necessarily as important as like getting pulled into politics or fashion or stuff, but some of the things that I do, and I'm curious if you do these as well, and I'm hoping you'll be honest uh, in this, in that you said you don't give a fuck about anything, so you might as well be honest, right? What are you about to ask me? So, <laughs> have you ever been in a situation where somebody is taking you let's just say to a restaurant that has food that you've never had before and it's eaten in a certain way. Do you ever feel like that uncomfortable feeling and like not knowing what to do or how to eat or even how to order some things and you kind of wait to see how others around you do that? Like the not, first time you ever ate sushi, maybe. I guess not in a restaurant setting, but I get what you're saying. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I've ever felt uncomfortable about it. Because I've maybe I've always been upfront, like, oh yeah, I've never had that before, so yeah, I'm gonna 
Mm-hmm. Look, like the first time I had um African food, I had it's like one of my favorite things. There's a uh, fufu, uh huh, and it's Nigerian food. I thought not African, but um, you have to eat it with your hands. Didn't know that. So yeah, I'm sitting at a restaurant. Me and the guy who took me there, and they bring out a bowl with these towels. I'm like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? So he just starts washing his hands with it. I was like, oh, okay. So you wash your hands at the table. All right. Didn't think nothing of it. So I'm washing my hands with it. Then Were you asking comes. him or just mimicking him? No, I was just looking at it first. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. So I washed my hands. Didn't think anything about it. And food comes out and I'm noticing I ain't got a fork or anything. What the fuck's going on? Here? <laughs> <laughs> then he just starts grabbing shit. I'm like, that's what we doing? <laughs> I'm like, all right. This seems unbelievably unsanitary, but I guess. When in Rome, <laughs> was it good? Yeah, it's fucking delicious. What is, is fufu? Fufu is a dough, but you eat that with um. Uh, what's the name of the fucking? Oh, is that where you grab it and you're grabbing other fillings almost? Yeah, and you're like dip, and you dip it into this like the soup or whatever. I forget the name of the fucking soup, but it's it's very good. It's good. yeah. There's this Ethiopian restaurant near me that I've been wanting to try, and I know you're supposed to eat it that way as well. But I feel like there's there's lots of foods that I look up that I'm like, how the fuck do you properly eat this thing? Because I don't know what to do. And even like the first time eating at a Japanese restaurant, even like the the what is it? The miso soup. Yeah. Like, how are you supposed to eat that? I'm like, OK, I'm just seeing people like pick up the entire cup and just slurp in it and no spoon or nothing like that. I'm like, oh, shit. And I don't want to embarrass myself. See, because I watch so much freaking anime. Mm-hmm. Like first time I ate sushi, it was pretty. It was I was like I knew how to eat it. Yeah, but turn to come to find out, apparently sushi you're not supposed to be using chopsticks. It's a finger food. Oh really? Yeah, didn't know that. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense, but yeah, it's, it does make sense. I know you're not yeah. supposed to bite it either. It's supposed to, it's one and yeah, yeah, just one bite. Yeah, yeah. Strangely enough, we had this uh, argument last week at work. Because we had um, tamales. Yeah. And some people were eating tamales with a fork and knife. Other people were just biting it. And they were like, oh, I've never ate a tamale just biting it. It was like, well, it's a fucking finger food. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, it's not. So then that brought up a whole argument. So, of course, we had to bring in the Hispanics into the <laughs> conversation. And they, they agreed with us. Like, yeah, it's a finger food. So like, like chicken wings. Like, I know people who eat chicken wings with knife and fork, and I want to stab them. Yeah, that's that's a little ridiculous. But you've certainly you've shown me some tricks on eating chicken wings, though, where you just you can eat a whole wing in one bite. I'm like, holy shit, that's impressive. It's not the drums, the um, flats, the flats. Yeah. So how to, t- how to tell people I'm black without telling them I'm black. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was just going to say more so that you're savage, that you should see this man eat a bunch of flats. Not that, a pretty that, sight. They're not even my favorite. I like legs more. Well, drumsticks more, but I eat flats. Yeah, and it looks like you are in a post-apocalyptic society feasting on Rick. <laughs> the way you're down in that flat, it's just it's brutal. And he sucks the marrow out of the bones, too. Like It's delicious, first and foremost. <laughs> and nothing wrong with a bone marrow. In certain countries, it's considered a delicacy. Yep, sure is. But can you tell me what that pink shit is on a sushi like platter? What's that fish. for? Oh, the fish eggs. No, 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 no. The thing that comes alongside the wasabi. Oh, the ginger? 
Sure. Yeah, it's ginger. It's a palate cleanser. And what are you supposed to do with it? Like you suck on it in between switching types of sushi. So you oh, you can, yeah, you're yeah. not supposed to actually eat it now. You just suck on it to cleanse your palate, then you so you can taste the new sushi that you got. And then do you spit it out? Yeah. I mean, I guess you could eat it. I mean, it's just ginger, but you're not it's supposed to. It's kind of inappropriate to spit something out if you're at a table with people eating. I mean, you're not sitting here hocking up a loogie. You're, <laughs> you're, you're sucking on it, taking it out your mouth, and putting it back on your plate. Okay. Putting it back in your... <laughs> It's not it's not that serious of a situation. Yeah, I, I get. I don't know. I guess I get anxiety about the or like eating with strangers in general, or eating with extended family or your significant other's family, and you're like trying to just fit in in some ways. So I don't know. I often get anxiety, like especially with foods. I think or like just be. Foods. I think you might just be stuck on like old etiquette type stuff, like you know the whole. You have your salad fork, right? Your fork, it's your soup spoon, and yeah, or no elbows on the table, and all this other stuff. And I'm like, eh, I don't really care. We're here to eat. I'm not here to talk politics or anything. We're here to eat and leave. <laughs> However, I get down should not affect what you're doing. But there's also like the better ways to eating, like crawfish or uh, whole shrimp. Let's say at a Cajun restaurant too. Like, there's techniques to go about something that you might not know, and unless you're with people that do it, and you, you have to rely on the group mentality there, unless you you know just flat out ask. But sometimes that's hard to do. Yeah, there's certain foods you have to like. I definitely didn't know how to eat crab legs the first time I ate them. Mm-hmm. Shrimp, I don't care. I just eat the tail. Like, you eat I, the tail? I ain't got time to sit here and do all that bullshit. I mean everything. <laughs> well, I'm gonna nickname you. Dangerously anal. Um, what's that the name? Dangerous no. anus. Dangerous <laughs> anus. Because that's no. your body's not digesting a shrimp tail. That's coming out whole. I've been doing it for years. No problems. <laughs> Do you like swallow rocks to help grind it down too before you eat shrimp? No, no, I don't. <laughs> no, but he, my stomach is probably built different. Because remember, I eat like cartilage and shit too. Okay, yeah. So you you definitely are swallowing rocks <laughs> to help. Age your digestion, dude. Cartilage is delicious. I've never. Had, I would try it. It's on chicken. Oh, the little, the little white cap right apart, right up. Uh, no, no, above, no, I don't like that. Ew, above bro. the bone. Yeah, cartilage is delicious. Ew. I like a lot of people don't eat the fat on like steaks. Like that's the best part. That's the waste of a steak. <laughs> that's where all your fucking flavor comes from. It's filled with flavor, especially when it's all melty too. Mm, yum, 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 yum. I think you need to actually go out and try legit bone marrow. Like you can order it offline. Oh yeah, I would try it. Yeah, it's it's like butter. Yeah. Well, yes. there, yeah, there isn't. Don't they make bone marrow butter? Well, they probably do. They probably do. Because I, I thought I've seen some things where they, yeah, you spread it on like crackers and shit. Yeah, you can just get just go ahead and buy the regular bone marrow. Mm-hmm. And it comes still in the fucking bone, but you got to like soak it in salt water and stuff to get all the blood out for like a couple hours. Then once you do that, you just throw some seasoning on that shit and roast it until it's like liquefied and just put that on some toast. It's delicious. Jeez. So how do you extract it from the bone? Just like a butter knife because it becomes super soft like butter. Oh, do you like you scrape it out from the bone? Yeah, because it's the bone is halved. So it's. Already open. Oh, I yeah. see. I see. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Delicious. Not delightful. 
Not delightful. I was about to say, not delightful. Just delicious. <laughs> Let's see what else I got here. Have you seen some of those experiments, those social experiments where they, they fuck with people in in sort of the great mentality uh, experiment? I, I remember one, they had they had a line of chairs and people were coming in for something other than what they were actually doing. But the first person in the chair, and this person was in on the experiment, so every time the bell rang, this person, they were filling out paperwork or whatever, would stand up when the bell rang and would continue filling out the paperwork. The bell would ring again, like, I don't know, two minutes later, they would sit back down. So this was like the setup for the experiment. Then they brought in people that were not in on the experiment. They would sit, you know, they would go down the line of chairs, sit next to that person. The bell would ring. Person would get up. Bell would ring. Person would get down. The other, this, this actual candidate may or may not join in but more and more people that would come in eventually by like the fourth person now everybody's standing up and sitting down <laughs> every time this bell rings and they get like 20 chairs filled with people so you're telling me they pavlov's dogs a bunch of people explain that that's the pavlov's dog test mm. where he did an experiment where Whenever he rang a bell, the dog knew it was time to eat. Mm. And, and at first he didn't know, but the more and more he did it, then it became second nature. So now all the other dogs around him also picked up on that and did it too. Uh, so, yeah, that's that sounds like the monkey shit kind of, right? Yeah, it was, it was Pavlov's dogs. Like, I can't, they actually used that on, on real people. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the... Um... I mean, that's like positive reinforcement. You get a treat, you do like after something, then you can replicate it. I mean, that's how I trained Marley to do a lot of things was through treat but reinforcement. Is, but is it, is it like Schrodinger's cat? <sighs> is it alive or is it not? Or is it... I hate that damn thing because I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I want to an answer and there's not one. Fucking sucks. <laughs> well, that's the whole point behind it. Yeah. To just piss people off for ages. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's an explanation. It's an explanation for multiverse theory too. Uh, Schrodinger's cat's pretty dope. But that's like one of those. Just another one of those questions. Like, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Mm-hmm. You can look up tons of articles that that will defend either side. I think with Schrodinger too, like that wasn't even his thing. Like he was trying to prove something else, and then came across this, and then scientists later came back and made this fundamental thing out of what his like research paper was. And he was just like, well, what the fuck? That wasn't even the point. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, okay, but did you see what I was talking about over here? <laughs> right, exactly. But, but we want to give you a award for this. Cool, 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 cool. But um, about this. <laughs> <laughs> there was uh, another experiment. This was uh, This was on Candid Camera. They did this. And so they had this experiment grew a lot into the like social psychology of like group behavior or herd behavior and stuff because what they did was they had a bunch of people in an elevator, but they were facing backwards. So like when the doors opened, all you see was a bunch of people's backs. And what they would do is they would have this elevator, you know, going in motion or whatever with all these people in their backwards, right? And so like the mark would come in and see everybody standing backwards. So what do you think the person would do? 
What would you do? One, I wouldn't get on the damn elevator. <laughs> and that's, I wouldn't get on an elevator if this was an elevator that I knew. <laughs> if this wasn't an elevator that I knew, I would get on it because they do have elevators that open on both sides. So maybe I would have, that would have been my other thought, like, oh, maybe this one opens on that side for the mm-hmm. next one. So that's why everybody's looking at it that way. That's, again, logical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you would buy that the the group knew what they were doing and just proceed along the same way they were doing it. And oh, I, yeah. Yeah, once if I, if, <laughs> yeah, once the door opened, I'd be like, dude, what the fuck were y'all looking at? Like, <laughs> like, I would have to say something. I'm not just about to get off the get off the elevator all normal. Like, no, fuck you. I, Your independence, I think, is less <laughs> than the, the norm of, you know, humanity. So it's interesting how you are not pulled into the bandwagon effect of a lot of these things. And I think that's good though. I think that is good. I mean, I think I display a lot of group behavior tendencies in in a lot of ways, but there are some things that I stay away from because I'm cognizant of the bandwagon that's going on, especially with the social media stuff that we talked about. A lot of that I stay away from, or at least I don't fall into the trap as easily. Yeah, it's, it's more so for me, and this is just for like the social media aspect of it. I I know me, so I I know I have a very addictive personality. Mm-hmm. So if I get on something and I know it, it's entertaining or it's good or something that that I like, I'm not gonna be able to stop. Like with TikTok, like I refuse to put TikTok on my phone forever, mm-hmm. and I know this because when I had Vine, I lost my life. Yeah. Vine was a rabbit hole inside of another rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> they have ads on TikTok now where it's like, stop scrolling. <sighs> go take a break. You know, like the Nintendo games? Yeah. Take a break. <laughs> like, don't tell me how to live my life. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Are you still watching? Yeah, man. That is, that is the most condescending and question Netflix has ever asked me in my entire life. <laughs> right. Are you still watching? Yes, bitch. You know these shows are binging. <laughs> just stop doing it. Making me feel like I need to go out and do something. Right. I just want to sit here and eat ice cream off my belly and watch this 30th episode of Living Abroad or whatever the fuck. <laughs> but it's funny you say that whole social experiment thing. I forget the name of the show. I think it was called like, What Would You Do or some shit like that. Where they would purposely set up like these situations to where everybody be actors or whatever, and then would have unsuspecting bystanders or whatever, just come walking in and something fucked up would happen in front of them. Mm. And then they would want to gauge to see how that person reacts. Like, would they jump in and do something? Would they stand with that person? Yeah. Oh, those are so horrible too, because like, imagine being the person and you kind of do the wrong thing and you're just going off of instinct. And then now everybody like knows your reaction. Yeah, yeah. Now we know you're a shitty person. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> There's a really good one on uh, Netflix called The Push. Have you seen that? No, I haven't seen that. It's hosted by I think his name is Darren Brown. He's a uh, well-known like magician, hypnotist. Uh, he's got really dope like stand-up specials because he doesn't do it in a way that he's like pretending that he's ma- a ma- like a magical person. Magician is like, yeah. what you look for a magician. But, like, he's not giving you the feeling that he has powers. You're a wizard, Harry. <laughs> You're a wizard, yeah. Harry. You're a Harry <sighs> wizard. He'll explain to you why this 
thing is happening to like either some psychological manner or whatever but this documentary the push they built out it's basically what you're talking about with this other show but it was centered around this one idea can they get somebody to commit murder by the end of this setup what yeah (laughs) yeah it's fucking crazy so they do this whole setup where somebody's helping out for this charity event and somebody dies of like a heart attack but then they make him either like hide the body and to the meantime because they need this charity event to go well and by the end they what it's centered around is the push is because through all this journey they end up on the roof of this building the guy never died he's standing at the edge of the but the, they edge of the rooftop and everybody around the mark is sitting there like we got to kill this guy because of all the things that have happened and they try to see if they can get the mark to push the guy off of the building. And I won't reveal what happens, but the results are pretty fucked up. See, that that's a dangerous game to play. Yeah. Because you don't know what's going on in that person's life. They could already be on the edge. <laughs> well, yeah. And I definitely watch it. <laughs> definitely watch it. Now, have you heard about the warrior gene? Mm-mm. It sounds familiar, actually, but explain. They haven't done any like controlled experiments on it, but the original paper was that this gene, like people who have this gene are more prone to violent activity. Okay. Yeah. Like they did a small little subsec- subsection of a test, and I forget what the full name of it is called. But the nickname of it is the warrior gene. Look it up. You'll see what I'm talking about. Like it's it's pretty fascinating to see like it's in our DNA to be more aggressive. And there's just not nothing you can do about it. That's kind of scary to think about. Well, I mean, like genes in general, too. There's just shit that's built into our DNA that can be triggered by environmental factors, societal factors, everything. And in this warrior gene, what causes that to go into action? You just Road rage? Like, is that triggered from the yeah. scene, you know? Well, I mean, road rage could 100% be a trigger. Like, you see people just go and shoot somebody because of road rage. I'm like, the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Just just drive past them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you're about to ruin your entire life because somebody cut you off on the highway? It's not that serious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like uh, shit like that that exists. You know, like, how are we ever supposed to, like, really evolve as a species, you know, with that shit lingering in us, with mass hysteria lingering in us. Well, I think that 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 gene is a part of evolution because we needed it back in the day to survive. Sure, but there's no natural thing that would remove that from our genetics. No, it would just die out generation after generation slowly. I don't know. Usually it's it dies out when the species dies out containing that things. When you think of like evolution, the things that stay is because that thing survived and the other thing that wasn't working or part of that species died off. Usually if some form of mutation branches that now carries the species forward and the other traits stay behind, but there's nothing that's going to stop our genetics from saying like, eh, we don't need that. Not making it. Are you sure? Cause I swear, isn't there like more and more people that are being born where their pinky toe doesn't have that joint. Well, yeah, yeah. From mutations, 
So like we can still survive with that. And now that person breeds. Yeah, but I mean, a mutation is nothing but evolution that we haven't accepted yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't see like something like a warrior gene. At least it would take a long time, I would say, for it to just get rid. Oh get yeah, our it's, it's in our society, yeah, because mm-hmm. everybody wants to fight over the smaller shit. So yeah, but like things like us losing hair on our bodies and things like that, I think we'll we'll probably be hairless eventually. Yeah, there's no real reason to have pubic hair anymore because no. the, the whole the whole reason was to ke- help keep our bodies warm when it was cold we got and i think the pubic hair contained a lot of pheromones we got goose downs now <laughs> yeah. thermal underwear we got heat we, we're good we're good <laughs> like what's the point of an eyebrow like nothing so your face doesn't look weird <laughs> <laughs> that's all it is <laughs> So we're keeping that one around. That one needs that one needs to stay. Yeah. Because then also, if you don't have eyebrows, how do I? How am I supposed to know exactly what emotion you have right now? <laughs> we're just gonna paint them on, and so everybody can just look surprised all the time. Yeah. Ooh, what if we had somehow uh, Rorschach from Watchmen, but like it was built into our skin, and we could just have like emoji faces whenever we wanted. So you've been smoking weed today. So that's that's all you had to say. That's all you had to say. Uh, you, your Uh-oh. your comments just took my brain there. Walk Sorry. walk around with a fucking emoji face. What the hell? That would be the creepiest shit. <laughs> Again, it's shortcuts. That's why our our language is changing to be short form. We're taking opportunities to shortcut everything to make you know. It's the only way we can progress is by making things efficient. Things that we don't need our brain to really calculate, so we take all these shortcuts so we can progress forward. And yet, people still like to camp. I'm telling you, camping's fun. But that goes against everything you just said. We're more efficient now. Yeah, like, but there's we, still... we have no need for it anymore. Well, the need is just joy, right? Nah, nah, no joy, <laughs> no. no joy in sitting outside, having to poop outside. And get a shovel and bury my own poop. Getting crawled on by bugs and shit. Got to build a fire to stay warm. Drinking milk straight from the cow. We got we got electricity. I don't pay X amount of money for my house to go sit, sleep outside. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I enjoy camping. I do not, which is why you would never see me on an episode when animals attack. <laughs> I mean, you could be right, though, because like it's been so long since I camped and the idea of camping is the only thing that sounds fun. But like my old ass going out there now and being cold and like not having electric and no electric. If oh. your phone dies, you're fucked. Right. <laughs> like, so my phone's dead. What are you going to do? Tell ghost stories? <laughs> <laughs> then somehow some mass hysteria comes in Dude, in our group. You ain't even got music because then that dies. So you literally just sit, unless you got the one guy with the fucking guitar, because, you know, there's always one. There's always one. There's always one. Didn't you want to learn guitar? I still do, but I hate the guy who shows up to the party with the guitar. You're that guy. (laughs) I hate that guy. You're potentially going to be that guy. No, I would never be that guy. That guy, I'm like, why are you here? Just go somewhere. We we got music. Dude, I I got a ukulele sitting on my Amazon wish list right now. That I want to learn how to play. And I feel like that's not a guy you ever want to be either. I mean, maybe if you're in Hawaii. <laughs> it's just got a really nice, soft sound to it. Yeah. You know who else likes nice, soft sounds? Animals. 
So we're in the middle of the fucking <laughs> middle of the fucking forest. And you just bring a bear? He's gonna be like, mm, what the fuck is that? Ooh, is that meat I smell? <laughs> take Sage first. No, because you be like, yeah, take me first. He's gonna have to get on a plane. <laughs> figure out my address, knock on my door, hope I answer. Because I ain't going to be in that bitch. <laughs> well, I've got one last thing on the subject that I wanted to show or actually play for you more so than anything. I got a YouTube clip here. This uh, TED Talks, it's very short, uh, but it describes the idea is like how to start a movement. And it talks about like the importance of where the roles of leadership kind of plays into it. And I think this is this plays into group mentality thinking and like kind of dissecting how the roles in that group mentality plays. And it's kind of funny because it's just about a guy dancing at a concert. So well, I'll, I'll kind of describe what's going on in the video as you listen to it. I, I love watching bad people dance. It's quite entertaining. Yeah. And this guy's pretty bad. I'll send it <laughs> so you can see what's going on. Yeah. Afterwards. So ladies and gentlemen, at TED, we talk a lot about leadership and how to make a movement. So let's watch a movement happen, start to finish, in under three minutes and dissect some lessons from it. First, of course, you know, a leader needs the guts so to it's just stand a lone guy right now, dancing by himself. <laughs> but what he's doing is so easy to follow. So here's his first follower with a crucial role. He's going to show everyone else how to follow. So stop right there. So the second guy runs up to the first guy in this hill. He starts dancing with him. And, and you notice the, the guy giving the speech right now. He calls him the first follower. Now notice that the leader in first follower with a crucial role. He's going to show everyone else how to follow. Now notice that the leader embraces him as an equal. So now it's not about the leader anymore. It's about them, plural. Now there he is calling to his friends. Now if you notice that the first follower is actually an underestimated form of leadership in itself. It takes guts to stand out like that. The first follower is what transforms a lone nut into a leader. See, that's a pretty cool statement right there. And I think that makes sense in a lot of ways. I mean, it does make sense. It's a scary thought, but yes, it makes sense. It's a totally scary thought. I mean, you think about how like going back to Hitler, how he came into power, somebody had to be the first one. Right. <laughs> exactly. So it's not necessarily the leader that's important. I think it's more so that first follower who plays the pivotal role in starting some sort of collective. That's very crucial. They have to be dumb enough to listen to you, but not dumb enough for other people to listen to not listen to them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. First follower leadership in itself takes guts to stand out like that. The first follower is what transforms a lone nut into a leader. <laughs> and here comes a second follower. Now it's not a lone nut. It's not two nuts. Three is a crowd and Third the crowd is news. So a movement must be public. It's important to show not just the leader, but the followers, because you find that new followers emulate the followers, not the leader. Now, here come two more people, and immediately after, three more people. Now we've got momentum. This is the tipping point. Now we've got a movement. Now it's like a whole <laughs> crowd of people just so, dancing like Notice crazy, that as like more people join day. in, it's less risky. So those that were sitting on the fence before now have no reason not to. They won't stand out. They won't be ridiculed but they will be part of the in-crowd if they hurry. So now there's like tons of people <laughs> running minute, to be a part of this. All of the, uh, oh, wow. 
prefer to stick with the crowd because eventually they would be ridiculed for not joining in. And that's how you make a movement. But let's recap some lessons from this. So, but would that be FOMO though? Yeah, like the tipping point is where FOMO comes in. So not at the start, but like once there's a threshold, a certain tipping point, then FOMO kicks in. Then you're watching this and now you're having the fear of missing out, which also I think we didn't really talk about FOMO a lot. But I, I think that is a huge role in the group thinking. Like the shirtless dancing guy that is standing alone. Remember the importance <laughs> of nurturing your first few followers as equals. So it's clearly about the movement, not you. <laughs> okay, but we might have missed the real lesson here. The biggest lesson, if you noticed, did you catch it? Is that leadership is over-glorified. That yes, it was the shirtless guy was first and he'll get all the credit. But it was really the first follower that transformed the lone nut into a leader. So as we're told that we should all be leaders, that would be really ineffective. If you really care about starting a movement, have the courage to follow and show others how to follow. And when you find a lone nut doing something great, have the guts to be the first one to stand up and join in. And what a perfect place to do that, Ted. Thanks. <laughs> do you buy it? I mean, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if he's just dancing there by himself, everybody's going to think he's crazy until somebody joins him and then that person can talk other people to join him. Yeah, I mean, it's like a domino effect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's most important to be that first follower. Yeah. To turn in. I think I might need to see that video. I'll send you the link to it. I'll put the link in the show notes there. Yeah, I don't know. I've always been intrigued by that specific TED Talk. I've watched it a lot of times just because it's kind of fascinating. And then you can see how that forms across the board in so many different situations. Uh, cults. You think about, like, how does a cult actually form? And this is another episode I really want to dive deep into in cults. But, like, some of these cults are fucking nuts. How did they get so many people to follow in line with some of these things? And you can kind of see it boiled down to what we just watched there. You mean like Christianity? Ooh. Yeah, or, yeah. Too, soon? Too soon? Too soon? Okay. Well, that's definitely one of the questions. What's the difference between a cult and religion? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the outcome? I mean... If cults, well, most cults are profitable. I was about to say if they're profitable, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, I never thought about it. like, yeah, like the first follower is technically is the most important person. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it makes a whole lot of sense because you need somebody to validate you. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And there's like, it's like a step-by-step process that like literally that's the fundamentals of like getting a group going, which I mean, whether you use that for, I mean, we see that in a positive way and a negative way in a lot of things, you know. Look at, case in point, look at all the hate for Nickelback. Yeah, exactly. That's a perfect example. Which is unwarranted. (laughs) Pisses me off. (laughs) I guaranteed if you went on the streets right now and like polled 100 people, just stopped them, Billy on the street style, asked them, what do you think about Nickelback? I think majority of people would say they hate it and Nickelback's trash. See, and people say that, but they have multiple number ones, multiple awards. Somebody's mm-hmm. listening to this shit. <laughs> I mean, I would say, I don't know this for a fact, but it, like, it seems like just because the notion is that it's popular to say Nickelback is trash. Yeah, you have these elitists who just want it to be better. Like, oh, well, that's not real rock music. 
that's more pop. But if you go back and look, when rock music was first getting started off, it was considered pop music. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. suck on that, bitch. <laughs> wasn't until Elvis, right? That it was, I was rock. Yeah, no, even then, because I, I was literally looking this up the other day because I was cleaning up my kitchen, jamming out some Nickelback. Because I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I want to hear rock star. So, <laughs> I want to be a rock star. So, Nickelback is fire. So I'm sitting there looking. I look into it. And I'm like, yeah, rock was considered pop music. Oh, during the 1950s and 60s, pop music encompassed rock, rock and roll, and youth-oriented style influence. Rock and pop music remain roughly synonymous. Yeah, and I think that's when Elvis Presley came on board that he coined the term rock and roll, and that's where you see more edgier form being taken. Because before it was, I don't know, what groups were, was it like the Beatles? Was that around then? Yeah, or, Beatles Beatles were about that? 60s. They were in the 60s, yeah. That makes sense. Well, they had some 50s track, but like the shit you heard at the milkshake uh, stands, you know, like the bop. Yeah, like the Beach Boys and shit like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't understand. Uh, so happy we weren't alive back then. <laughs> I don't know. It might be fun to visit it. Well, for you. Yeah. For you. <laughs> yeah. Would not be fun for me. That'd no, be cool. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. You can't time travel with me. With my mouth, I wouldn't make it a day. No. <laughs> Damn it. He's locked up again. Locked up would be the least of my worries. I didn't locked want to up get up Locked up. <laughs> <laughs> To transition away from that, <laughs> would, uh, would, uh, would pineapple on pizza fall into the same category as Nickelback? No, it's just disgusting. Pineapple just does not belong on pizza. Just <laughs> so are you saying that out of taste or because you're opposing the group mentality? Out of or taste. Actually, it's, it just does not belong on pizza. Uh, well, I, I think it's rather delightful on there. And you're a weird person. Go find an Italian. Mm-hmm. And I ask an, an Italian from Italy and ask him if pineapple belong on pizza. And they would be like, no, what the fuck are you doing? I mean, <laughs> pizza has evolved long from its roots to where we don't need the experts of a, original pizza. But we, but here's the thing. We can ask them because they actually are still here. <laughs> we, we can. <laughs> Y'all culture created the shit. Question. Do we need it on here? No? Oh, cool. Got it. But it tastes good. So. Nah, not for Whatever. me. Never. Not for me. <laughs> and I eat a lot of weird shit on pizza, but not for me. And they might disagree with those choices, too, then. And I'm pretty sure they could. That being said, I'm still going to eat it. <laughs> but again, is it because you don't like the taste of it or you think it just doesn't belong on there? I don't I don't like sweet with my pizza. Mm-hmm. Like, it's everything about a pizza is savory. Why the hell am I adding sweet? And if you, th- you like pineapple and pizza so much, really, take some pineapple, dip it in some fucking marinara sauce, and tell me that's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> You're missing out on the dough and, you know, the other... <laughs> no, I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> don't try to break it down, man. It's okay if you don't like it. I just think the, the popularization of that question alone seems similar, and I, I don't... I think... St- I think in a lot of cases, people would choose a side based on whatever the popular answer is in their group setting, or they're taking an opposition to that to just be opposing to something. On other things, yes, people are pretty firm when it comes to food. The, the lines are clear and drawn. 
I don't. I just. I don't think we'll ever know the answer because nobody will be honest. <laughs> like you got the people who swear by dipping their fries in the windy frosty. Uh, that's fire. I like that. Yeah, that's that's sweet and that's salty. salty. That's sweet and salty. Sweet and salty. Yeah. See, but that's an actual profile. That's a food profile. I'm, I'm okay with that. I I don't like to do it, but I get it. That's the same thing you just described with pineapple on pizza. No, no, that's sweet and savory. Those are two different things. Wow, okay. What about barbecue sauces then? I don't like sauce on any of my food. Well, there's a lot of the barbecue sauces are sweet and savory. Not really. Name one. Uh, I don't know. Exactly. Sweet and savory ones. Exactly. (laughs) Ones that are sweet and savory. I think barbecue sauce as a whole is a joke. I wouldn't go that far. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of barbecue sauces, but what do you mean it's a joke? Because I feel like if you're going to use barbecue sauce, let's say just let's just say ribs, for instance. Mm-hmm. Why even season your ribs or do any of that stuff if you're just going to smother it in fucking barbecue sauce? Because all you're going to taste is that fucking barbecue sauce. Like, yeah. when, like when, so, when somebody takes all that time to prep this meat, season it, like maybe inject it, do whatever they're going to do then smoke it or grill it or however they're going to do it just for you to turn around and dump a fuck ton of fucking like lorries or something on there. I'm like, why did I just waste all that time? I could have just made it plain. You could just put this on it. <laughs> typically what you do on specifically ribs or well, I guess any meat and chicken or whatever that you're putting barbecue sauce on that you're not also doubling down with the other style, which would be dry rubs. No, people do. People will do dry like with steaks. People do all that prep for steak and then we'll smother an A1. <laughs> I think that's, yeah, that's a different story. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? That's <laughs> <laughs> probably what strengthened my anxiety when eating foods in front of strangers. When I would go out to these work lunches from vendors that would take me out. And I, I remember I ordered a steak and this was like the first one I did. And I, they bought me like it was like a forty dollar fucking fillet, and I asked for steak sauce, <laughs> and I got the fucking hardest looks, and I was like, okay, never doing that again. Yeah, no, that's a waste of a meat. That's like getting yeah. wagyu. And if you, if I ever see anybody put a one on wagyu, it was wagyu. Too. We gotta, we gotta fight. We gotta fight right in there. <laughs> yeah, never again. I was young, dumb. Didn't know what I was doing. Uh, he would put a one. Yeah, I don't do it now though. And I realized I realized my mistakes. Mistakes. Get it? Mistakes. I see what you did there. Yeah, <laughs> but I have the same argument like my sister because my sister only eats her steaks well done, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you're destroying this. You're not tasting anything. Yeah, like all the flavor is gone. <laughs> I won't go as bloody as you go, but I do like I do like pink in the middle. So I'll do I'll do medium rare. I don't I don't go blue. Blue is people who eat blue they're 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 on a different level. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Just seems wrong. Yeah, they, they you literally just kissed the kiss the grill on both sides <laughs> like, of the steak and was like, here you go. <laughs> it's not even like it's not even easy to eat though. It's so chewy. I've ate it on accident when I've undercooked my own steaks at home. Dude, I used to work with this girl who would go to the store on her lunch breaks, buy ground beef, and would just eat it out the fucking pack. Ew. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? That sounds like she had one of those food eating disorders. Like, like people that eat like fucking metal and cotton balls and shit. 
Oh, she said that's how she does it. Like in her, when she eats steaks, they have to be rare, rare. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, and she was skinny as shit too. So I'm like, something's wrong with you. You got some mental issues. But this same girl also didn't believe in dinosaurs, but believed in love at first sight. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I was like, you need to explain this. <laughs> she's like, yeah, yeah dinos-. she's like dinosaurs. That's just a conspiracy. I was like, there's proof everywhere. <laughs> what, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I would, we got to talk about that on the flat Earth <laughs> because that people believe that. That's not just like a lone crazy person thinking that. That's there's like video series on YouTube trying to dispel <laughs> the conspiracy of dinosaurs' existence. And religious religions, a lot of religions, they will say that they don't exist either and that that's not part of it because it wasn't in the Bible. Yeah, don't get me started down that rabbit hole. <laughs> Was there anything else you got to talk about or would like to bring up as far as the lemming effect? I guess the only, the most modern and prevalent re- lemming effect right now that is worldwide would have to be Apple or Android. Uh, okay. Because you got, if you're an Apple person, you're a diehard fucking Apple person. Mm-hmm. And you don't know why. It was like, oh, it's just better. Why is it better? Can't explain. But then, yeah. and, and the same can go for Samsung because I'm, I'm an Android person. But same can go for us. It'd be like, oh, well, no, fuck Apples. But I mean, I can kind of explain why I don't like Apples, but <laughs> well, you for the sake for the sake of the argument, I won't. <laughs> but we know that you're not generally uh, dis, uh, what is it, deceptible? Except decep- 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 Decepticon? Decepticon? No. Deceptible uh, to the sort of group mentality phenomenon. But again, I think we can talk about Android versus Apple in the same way we broke down some of these things. It's a complex thing that our brain is shortcutting to side with those that are around us who are using the same product even and who are getting told by the others that are in the same group that it's the right thing to do. So they become extreme in their opinions. Yeah, they, that product. they do come extreme because then you have all these Apple fanboys because that's what I'm going to call them who sit there and they will like if you text somebody and it doesn't show up, whatever that apple color is, they'd be like, oh, I didn't know you were poor. I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) 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 Like, my phone costs more than yours, if anything. (laughs) They're all expensive, let's just be honest. (laughs) I remember uh, my old roommate, I won't say his name, because I just sent him the link to the pod, so he might hear this. He might hear this, but my old roommate, I remember when we were living together, he met some girl, Got her number, sent her a text. She found out that he had an Android. She stopped texting. Are you serious? Dead ass. <laughs> what the fuck? Why does like, that make any difference into who you're romantic with? It blew my mind. <laughs> I was like, that's the reason? <laughs> or was it that he just was saying that that was the reason because he didn't want to reveal that it's really something else? No, no, no. He, Me and him talked about everything. So if it was something else, he would have told me the other thing. (laughs) (laughs) I think he 100% told me because he was just more in shock. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, what? Yeah, that's fucking weird. Why would you? What would the? 
that just doesn't make any sense to me. Dude, people make their opinions and they're very strong opinions. Yeah. And and it's weird that those opinions like start based other decisions that have nothing to do with that opinion solely based around if that person can belong in your circle with the same opinions. And that's gonna probably gonna fuck us as a society. Nah, I don't think it will. We've learned to navigate it this long. I'm pretty sure we'll keep learning, especially now with the younger generation. Mm-hmm. They're becoming more accepting. Like every generation is becoming more accepting of other people's choices every year. Like mm-hmm. when our parents were kids, interracial couples were not accepted at all. Yeah. Our generation, interracial couples are accepted. There's a little bit blowback. There's a little blowback, but nowhere near what it was before. Now it's the fucking norm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know I mean, things just constantly progress like that, you know? Yeah, but it's almost like, I don't know. The way I'm like thinking about it, it's, it seems like it's harder to be independent in society today because you can get outcasted for far less than you would say in the past. See, I would say it's harder today for the simple fact you have 50 different things getting thrown at you, telling you what you should like or how you should be right. at, at any given second. That seems like it's almost impossible for us to really do any sort of organic growth. That's why you got to wait for those outliers who just mark to be their own drum. Yeah. And be their first follower. Yeah. I mean, they like, look at Elon Musk outlier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you just got to do what you want. You can't get caught up in what other people think about it or how the people view. Like if you want to give it a shot, give it a shot at the end of the day, you can at least say that you tried, even if you fail. That's a that's a good way to end the episode, though. Is to how as somebody who has clearly avoided group mentality, lemming effect. How does one avoid it, and should they? Um, it's really up to you. As me, I just don't give a fuck about enough things to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's honestly most of it is probably I'm just too selfish to care. <laughs> Where's the wisdom, y'all? <laughs> Be too selfish. I think maybe we should uh, do you fuck everybody else and you'll always stay on your path. I think no matter what, even if you do that, you'll have a first follower that can set off a group movement. And then once, once that group gets big enough, say fuck all them and then go do something else. And then switch it up. (laughs) March to the beat of your own drum Mm -hmm. or xylophone or whatever the fuck it is, you know? Until it becomes everybody's drum or beat, and then switch drums or switch instruments. Yeah, because at that point, you're going to want to anyway, naturally, because it started as, let's say it started as A, but by the time everybody's on board, it's now now like X or something. Like it's completely derivative form of whatever you had originally started it. So why would you want to do it anymore? Right. You You probably wouldn't. So just say, fuck it. Wash your hands of it. Go do something else. With body wash and a loofah. Yes, a loofah that has been around for <laughs> over 20-something years. For over t- you see, I don't jump on any uh, <laughs> bandwagons, clearly. I am not a part of the, the loofah movement until... I don't know how you just walked past them your entire life. Like, hey, I wonder what that is. And just kept moving. <laughs> 
Because there's no clear, those things don't have directions on them. So, like, if yeah. I don't know how to use it, I'm going to just err on the side of caution. You kind of don't need directions. It's kind of one of those you can figure it out on your own. <laughs> I'm still figuring it out. I'm still having tr- struggles. doesn't tell you how much to put on there. It should have a, it should have an instruction on how much body wash to put on the damn loofah. You know why it doesn't have an instruction? Because body wash is so cheap, they don't give a shit. <laughs> I don't know. That old spice one wasn't cheap. You can go buy a gallon of shit. <laughs> For, yeah, like 50 bucks. No. <laughs> Where are you buying something? You, you, buy, you need to stop shopping online and just go into a store. That must be it. <laughs> I'm getting overmarked or uh, overpriced and marked up. So with that, I think we can call it there. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to another episode, a Rickless episode of the Haven Exchange podcast. Let us know if we should do more of these without Rick. (laughs) We'll slowly phase him out of the group. And we'll be starting a GoFundMe page for uh, Rick's anus. Yes, yes. If you want to uh, support that, head on over to Patreon.com slash Haven (laughs) Exchange. All proceeds, I promise, will go to his dangerous anus. Yeah. For one dollar a day, you can protect his anus from all the dangerous vegetables out there that he mm-hmm. feels the need to play with. Yeah, I don't know why he feels that need. He feels that need. Yeah, yeah and, oh, he, he also wants to get the turbo fixed on his bidet. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so there's that too. Burned but. out the motor. Burned out. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Violet, you playing with my turbo bidet again? Oh my god, that just put a very bogus picture in my <laughs> brain. Yeah, clean that out. Here's some body wash. Here's some mind wash. <laughs> what, was yeah. that, what was that joke? Uh, P. Diddy, right? And get him to the Greek. He's like, I like the way you think or something. He's like, I hope you're wearing a condom because I got a dirty mind or something like that. <laughs> some Dude, he said so much fucked up shit in that movie. <laughs> Like mind fuck, yeah. I'm like, yeah, like mind. Like, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I, like, I hope you're wearing a condom. Cause I got a dirty mind. <laughs> oh my god. All right, but, thank you, everybody. Later days. See you next week for a brand new episode for all the shenanigans. Brand new topic, all that good stuff. We love you. Good night. Peace. Good night. Good night. Good night. Really, the fade away. You really fade away. Fade away if you're not fading away with me. It wasn't a real fade away. (laughs) We didn't we didn't rehearse this beforehand. (laughs) We try it again. Good night. Good night. Good night. Farewell. You don't know how to fade away. You don't know how to fade away. No, no, what was it? What was it? Goodbye. The sound of music. Goodbye. This is the Haven Exchange.